Hello, welcome to Tales from the Albright, a podcast by the Scranton Public Library. My name is Alyssa, and I am a reference librarian here at the Scranton Public Library. Tales from the Albright has been going on for about two years now, and if you would like to listen to any of our other episodes, you can do so by searching for Tales from the Albright on any major platform that hosts podcasts, or by visiting albright.org, where you can find links and more information. It is March, so that means it is time for the St. Patrick's Parade here in Scranton, and it's a cultural institution that has been going on for so many years, and we've all grown up in this area, either going to the parade or being in the parade with various organizations that we are a part of, Every time that you go to the parade or watch it on television, you're sure to see somebody that you know. Because of that, I wanted to reach out to the St. Patrick's Parade Association of Lackawanna County to see if they'd be interested in being interviewed a history of the Scranton St. Patrick's Parade. Luckily, they got back to me and I was able to interview Gary Duncan. He is the historian of the association. And we had a very lively conversation. I learned so much that I had no idea about. And it will be split up over two weeks. This week goes over the history of the parade with major milestones being discussed. And then next week we will be covering how the parade operates, the foot race that has been added to it, and how everything gets organized. So it's very exciting. And the first part is now. Hi, I'm Gary Duncan. I'm the historian for the Lackawanna County St. Patrick's Parade Association. That is the formal name. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's a lot to put on a little pin. Yeah, it sounds like it. There's it a lot is. of letters there. Yes, but we have we have many artistic people who work on these things. So. How did the parade get started? Well, it's an interesting start, and and I'm I'm glad you asked the question. Um, we had a gentleman named Frank Foley who in 1961 happened to be in Savannah, Georgia. He was there for their St. Patrick's Parade. Savannah, you may not think of that as a, as a parade place. You might think New York City or Boston or Chicago, but he was actually in Savannah. And he saw their parade. He was just infatuated with that parade and stayed for the entire thing. And then he thought he wanted to bring that back to Scranton. And uh, at the time, especially when you go back, he was there for the 61 Savannah Parade. And, and at the time, and I think it's real interesting, to this day, mm-hmm. Scranton, Pennsylvania, believe it or not, is, is the, of all medium-sized cities in the United States of America, still over 30% of Scranton, in some way, shape, or form, claims a link to Ireland, Irish heritage. There's uh, Weymouth, Massachusetts, and Quincy, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. They're at about 33.5%. We're at 30.3%. So there, and, so, and that's in 2023 terms. But if you think about it, back in the 60s, those numbers were probably proportionately higher with that population. Mm-hmm. Baby boomers, et cetera, the World War II vets. Mm-hmm. So there was probably proportionately even more Irish mm-hmm. men. But even now, we're still number three. And uh, our parade, and I'm going to talk about the history of the thing, but we're yeah. the fourth largest parade. And that's based on the participants per population of cities over over 50,000 people. So that's kind of an incredible thing. It is. So this gentleman, this man that I spoke about briefly mm-hmm. was Frank Foley. So for him to bring this back, you know, I don't even know if he realized at the time, because we don't have the demographics that we have nowadays. We don't have computer access. Mm-hmm. And, and the numbers weren't there. But when you think about it and you look at it, really what he did was almost genius that he brought it back to this population, to this northeastern Pennsylvania region. 
He wasn't alone. There were six other people that were involved in this, and I just want to, for historical sake, mention their names. And, and there, there are folks that when you hear the names, you'll say like, oh my God, those surnames are still prevalent in northeastern Pennsylvania. But the six guys that, that worked with Frank Foley to get this thing up and running out of the blue, Maurice Colley, Edward J. Casey, Everybody, I think, knows the, the mm-hmm. Casey family and the senator and the former governor. Pete Doyle, Peter J. Doyle, James Egan, another guy named Charles Kirst, and another fellow named James McGee. Okay? And they formed the group. They were the original folks that got the parade together. So that's where it came from, Savannah, mm-hmm. Georgia, to Scranton, Pennsylvania. I would have never thought Savannah, Georgia, of all places. Yeah. And I, I think it's still cool because I have a niece that's in Savannah mm-hmm. right now, and and that parade is still going strong in Savannah. It's oh, huge, wow. and, and I, so I, think, I just don't think traditionally you think of a southern city having a St. Patrick's Day parade. We think of New Orleans for Mardi mm-hmm. Gras, but I think that's really cool that Savannah mm-hmm. has it, and, and I think that's cool that that's where we've come. To think that, and this all foundationally, it jumped off everything in 1961. 62 was our first parade. Mm-hmm. Now here we are, 2023. And the parade is still going strong. And, and I want you to think about it for just a second. And everybody listening, we went through a pandemic, and, mm-hmm. and which is pretty insane that this parade would rebound in such a strong manner. So I, I think it's really neat. And we could talk about that. Yeah. But, um, I, it's, it was strange not having a parade. It's so ingrained in the culture in this area. I think it is. Yeah. And I think it's great. And, and we've certainly changed in terms of we really have become a, a university town, a college town. Mm-hmm. I'm a lifelong resident, and, and I kind of look at it, and it's like, wow, we have really come such a long way from an anthracite region and an industrial region, but now I look at us as more of an educational hotbed. So we have the participation from, from the universities, and, and I think we see that in the attendance at the parade. And, yes. uh, and I think that's a blessing, too, because it, it keeps the community vibrant, and I think demographically, it's the passing of the baton. It's the next generation. It's younger folks and younger families, and they bring their children. So this tradition continues on because it's ingrained in the children. I have two, two daughters, 29 and 25. They just had their birthdays in January. And they get more excited about, they call it parade season, Dad. Yes. And they get more excited about parade season than they do about their birthdays in January or Christmas <laughs> in December or Thanksgiving. And uh, my kids are well fed, but this is their time of the year. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they literally call it, it's parade season, Dad. And they've been altar servers at our parade mass. They've carried <laughs> banners for the parade divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so even as little kids, they've participated in this. And I think it's neat because um, my older daughter got, she just recently, she got married Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, her husband's not Irish. But he came to the parade, yeah. and, and on the way down, we had Irish music going in the car, and he probably thought, oh, my God, what am I doing with this girl? <laughs> but guess what? Now he comes to the parade. Yeah. It's a big deal for mm-hmm. him. And my youngest daughter, um, she works down at a place. She lives in Malvern, Pennsylvania, down by Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and that's where she went to school at Immaculata in Westchester. But she has to be in Scranton for the parade, Dad, <laughs> and it's imperative that she gets here. She doesn't drive the turnpike. I have to get down and get her and bring her up for the parade, and then I have to take her back because she doesn't drive but if I don't have her here for the parade 
she's going to be mad at her dad. And we just can't have that as yeah. a father. <laughs> and you're a daughter, so yes. you know where I'm coming yep, from. Yep, 100%. Yeah. I remember going to the parade when I was small. Yeah. And then I moved away to go to college and school. And then I came back and it was like, oh, yeah, the parade. Yes. It was very exciting and it's always exciting. And, and, and it is exciting. And so let's just talk about that. Yes. So we had our first parade in 1962. Mm-hmm. And, and that parade, and I should preface it with this. That 1962 parade was the first parade in northeastern Pennsylvania for St. Patrick's Day. The first one since 1904. We had the parades in the 1830s, which you and I have talked privately yes. about up in Carbondale. And the insurrection in Carbondale yeah. in 1845, they thought that was a riot, which I think was cool. Mm-hmm. And then in the 1850s here in Scranton. And then, and then they actually, at that point, anthracite was going hot. They actually shut the coal mines down because the miners refused to work on St. Patrick's Day. And, and 1904 was the last parade. Mm-hmm. Then they stopped. And everything became more church-oriented. And there was a large Catholic presence mm-hmm. in the area. And so everything went back. And, and I think to this day, we still are a religious community. And I think that's a good thing to say. And we have a parade mass, for God's mm-hmm. sakes. Um, but anyway, uh, so everything really revolved around the churches and, 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 you know, the different parishes and the different sections of Scranton and throughout northeastern Pennsylvania. It wasn't that they didn't celebrate St. Mm-hmm. Patrick. They didn't have the parades. Well, here's Frank Foley and friends, his cohorts, go down to Savannah and come back. And these six people somehow say, like, you know, we've got to bring it back. And so 62 was our first real parade. Actually happened on the feast day on March the 17th, 1962. How about this? First parade out of the box. You've never done this before. You're nervous. You have to be chomping at the bit. I'm sure no fingernails left on their hands. They had so, what happens? Several inches of snow fall on Friday right before the storm. But how about this? Right before the parade. So it's Friday night. Oh, my God. You're saying parade, parade. Police involvement, fire involvement. Everybody's involved. What do you get? You get snow. It's 1962. We didn't have plows that went from one side of the street to the other. (laughs) Infrastructure. We talk about infrastructure now. Infrastructure then was, there were still places in Scranton that alleys where people cut through. They they weren't even still paved. I mean, Mm -hmm. we had dirt alleys. So I want you to think about, imagine the stuff that, if you could visualize what could have gone on in their minds. How about parade day? First parade day since 1904. And you know it because it's your parade. Guess what? The sun broke out. 8 a.m. Talk about luck of the Irish. Right? Honestly. How cool is that? So anyway, the parade fortunately kicked off at 1 p.m. So from 8 to 1, we had sun come down. The parade, that first parade was 13 blocks long. How many blocks in a mile? So they were over a mile. And now the reviewing stand is is where the the federal courthouse is. It's down on North Washington Avenue. Mm -hmm. At that time, the reviewing stand was on the other side of the courthouse. It was on Adams Avenue. You know where the John Mitchell statue is? So it was on that side. So they completely, we've completely rerouted. We've changed everything. Mm -hmm. But that's where it was then. Now, that was the first parade. Imagine these guys. I'm sure you're saying, oh, my God, are we going to get a turnout? Are people even going to be interested in this? How about it? Their first parade. They had eight divisions. Mm-hmm. Now, traditionally, we have about 1,000 people per division. Oh, wow. They had 40,000 onlookers. So, oh boy, was that a successful yes. first parade, right? So, I, I, Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. And, and so, as the historian, when I go back and I look at these things factually, I take a look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. I have every parade and data on every parade, and I have too much between my left ear and my right ear. But when you take a look at that and you think about the logistical nightmare that it had to be, and the planning. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, without having the technology we have today, these guys really were geniuses. And then to overcome a snowstorm, yes. and imagine just, how about the, you know how hard it is to work, even in a library system as a team, 
Mm-hmm. Imagine pulling that off, the DPW, police, fire, all of the city managers, engineers, yeah. to get everything together. And those guys were all probably saying the same thing. Oh, my God, it's snow. And they pulled mm-hmm. this out. 40,000 people That's came amazing. out after a snowstorm to see a parade. Now, in 1963, the parade was nine divisions, so they added a division. But they were smart. They moved it back to 11 a.m. so that they could get the parade completed. Nine divisions, a lot of people. 1976, we started, they moved it to noon, and that parade had 12 divisions. So exponentially, yeah, it's certainly growing. So, I mean, those are just a few of the things. 63, 1963, that parade. Do you ever see the green line they paint? Yes. A guy named Irish Gene Reed. He works for the city. Yes. And you'll see him every year with his mm-hmm. little machine. Well, that's the first time the green line was laid down. Oh. So that was 63, which was pretty cool. 1964, they had 4,000 marchers. Isn't that oh, crazy? Wow. So I, I just... And that was the third parade. Now, I, I want to go back for a second, if I can, if it's okay, if I yeah, can leapfrog back to the 62 parade. The 62 parade had floats. A gentleman named Buddy Cosgrove, who was a dear friend of mine, and Buddy was from North Scranton, and they had floats in that parade. But one of the floats, this is even then what a politically astute area we were. His float was, Blessed are the Peacemakers. And on his float, he had Prime Minister McMillan, he had a, a gentleman, you're young, but mm-hmm. a gentleman named Nikita Khrushchev, who at the time was, the, yeah. yeah, he was the leader of Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, a gentleman named Charles de Gaulle, who was the prime minister of France, mm-hmm. and, and he was our ally during World War II. And then he had another person dressed up as John Fitzgerald Kennedy. William Cosgrove was JFK. And so that was the float. Blessed are the peacemakers. And I thought that was so cool. And, mm-hmm. and uh, there, we still have photos of it, and, and they're all like a brownish color. It looks like a copper cast yes. color of those photos. Mm-hmm. So um, I just think that was great that even then, back in that time frame, Scranton was so politically active. And, you know, yes. every presidential election, you'll hear it on all of mm-hmm. the CBS, NBC, ABC, and, and probably the Fox and the CNNs of the world. But they always describe Scranton as what? The political center of the universe. And it really does seem that way. All roads lead back to Scranton, Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yep. So um, anyway, and then in 19, here we go. So that was 62, 63, 64. We get up to 65. Guess what? The parade association came in. We got so big, they had to make it an association, and and so which I think is also cool. And that was the first they no TV at that point. We had live radio broadcast. Oh. Radio, and it was the broadcast was by the Dublin Duo. How about these names? Paul McNamara and Hugh Connor. Nice Irish names. So we had the Dublin Duo over the radio announce it, which I thought was cool. In 1967, did you ever hear of the Irem Temple? They're still yes. with us. They have the marching bands mm-hmm. and they have the, the colorful characters that dance around yes. and everything. Well, they've been with us since 1967. That was the first Iron Temple appearance. And they're mm-hmm. still with us in 2023. I think that's so cool. It is. Uh, to me. Okay. Yes. Then in 1969, guess what? We went nuts. We went TV. Guess what our TV station was? WVIA, <laughs> which was very small at the time, you know, and it was on a delayed broadcast. So, but we were getting out there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yes. more interest. VIA was, is down in Pittsburgh. So, mm-hmm. to come up here and to do all that, you know, again, it gets back to think about the technology that there weren't satellite trucks. No. It was a different world. And then in 1973, our 12th parade. We had a special dignitary. His name was John MacArthur. He came up from Piston. At the time, he was the third richest man in the United States of oh America. My gosh. Oh, yeah. And so clearly, 
that was a big deal for us. Mm-hmm. That was like, wow, what a cool, we've got this guy. Yes. And uh, so, you know, it may not sound like a lot, but what I'm trying to do is paint mm-hmm. a picture of continuous growth. And then um, 1974, we had our first weather-related delay. Oh, no. Yeah, we did. And because we had, it was our 13th parade, lucky number 13. Yeah. So we had a rain delay of a week. We could, they literally got flooded. The streets were awash. Oh, my gosh. So they had to delay it. 1976, do you ever hear of the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick? Yes. Okay, so they brought the Friendly Sons in, and that was a first for them. So their president, and it's a tradition that continues, was named the Parade Marshal. So we tried to get all other Irish groups, and there were many in, in the area. Um, 1977, the parade was led by the 2nd Division of the United States Military, uh, the United States Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And I talk about that because if you've taken a look at the history of the parades in the city of Scranton, one thing we are, we have many veterans on our parade committee. Like everybody, we take great pride. Mm-hmm. And we have great respect for the military. We know that. So every year, and we're proud to say that our parade mm-hmm. always has military contingents. And I think yes. that's that's something that's worth noting mm-hmm. okay uh 1979 we had the the uh, air force band marching with us 1981 1982 and 1983 three years in a row we got jinxed we either had de- we had to delay it because of cold uh in 82 more rain more flooding and then in 1983 another weather uh delay and at that point via dropped us guess who jumped in wnep channel 16 Okay, and then we had our race, which we have a race, which we will talk about yes. briefly in yeah. the parade. And a gentleman now, he's on Scranton City Council, but he's a member of the parade committee. His name is Billy King, who was a high school all-star runner. But we have the parade race, and Billy King won that first race. So it's just ironic that this he was a kid at the time. Yeah. This kid that won the race now sits on the committee with us and pretty much tells me what to do. He's one of the uh, the, the muckety-mucks. I, I, I hope I'm... <laughs> I hope I've described him, but he's a wonderful guy, yes. and, and clearly the public likes him. They elected him. Mm-hmm. 1984, I don't know if you've ever heard of Archbishop John J. O'Connor, Yes. but you know he was the bishop of the diocese of the city of Scranton. He was our grand marshal in 1984. So clearly, in addition to the parade mass, there's always a religious component. Mm-hmm. Again, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. Yes. For me, I, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I'm going to get to heaven, because I probably won't, You know, just based on a lot of different reasons. <laughs> but I, my most enjoyable part of the parade... We all have jobs, but for me, the best part of the parade is the parade mass. I just think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care what religion you are. I think the fact that the, the choir is just beautiful. The acoustics in the church are mm-hmm. beyond the pale. And uh, it's just beautiful to walk into a church and see it packed. And, and it doesn't matter what religion you are. My my youngest daughter's friend is, is not Catholic. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter because... And, Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. So he was here with us, and guess what? He was absolutely exhilarated to see the Ukrainians walk with mm-hmm. us when they did. Uh, yes. And uh, he said that to my daughter, like, oh my God, you're, you're having Ukrainians walking yes. with you? And my daughter said, well, yeah, Joel, they, you know, they're at war, so it's, a, it's an yeah. alliance there. And, and so it, may, it meant a lot to mm-hmm. him. And, and, you know, he's not Roman Catholic. It's an orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he sat there and was just, amazed that we did this here and I think how nice is that and what kind of a message mm-hmm. does that send so we're ecumenical not at a Roman Catholic Church since ecumenical ecumenical means working across mm-hmm. all, all borders all lines yes. and it was ecumenical in that respect it was like wow wonderful we bring in all religions everybody's yes. welcome and how nice is that mm-hmm. so it, you know without sounding too silly to sit through that mass it's a blessing for so many different reasons, to mm-hmm. see so many people come together. And isn't that what Scranton's all about? Yes. 
Take a look around the city. Mm -hmm. Take a look at where we are. Take a look at, at just the change. We have multiple, multiple cultures here now. Yes. And it's nice absolutely. to see that blend. And you don't see the issues here that you see in other sections of the country. You don't. And I think that's, we truly still are. I'm of a generation that the term melting pot meant our folks came from overseas mm -hmm. and it was a melting pot. I, I tell the guys on the parade committee, it's not that the United States was paved with streets of gold. You know, it was paved with streets of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that's what Scranton does. This parade, it's about opportunity. You go to that yes. mass, it's about opportunity. You see mm -hmm. all colors, all shapes, all sizes. Yeah, you see and everyone involved in the parade. Everyone gets excited about the parade. Little kids, and nine yes. to 90. Mm -hmm. and, and I can tell you this, 45 years of healthcare, last two years of my life in home health. I've done radio, I've talked mm -hmm. on radio stations, I've done the television interviews. Mm -hmm. People don't realize this, having done home health, we have a multitude of high rises here in the city of Scranton. Mm -hmm. They're alone, they've outlived their family members, they've outlived their doctors in some cases. Mm -hmm. Do you know what? They look out their windows in those high rises or they get to a vantage point where they're at and they look at that parade. And I've had patients tell me after the parade, you know, Saturday <laughs> when I'd go back to seeing them during the week, they would say, was that you? I saw walking yeah. down the street because I would escort a division through. Even in the throes of everything, when there's social isolation and age-related isolation mm -hmm. and loneliness, I don't think people realize, and that parade is televised, and WBREYOU, Mark Hiller and the gang, yes. they do that now. Mm -hmm. And I, I spoke to Mark about it because this is what I don't think people often realize. That parade is like the tentacles of an octopus. It reaches out mm -hmm. in eight different directions on, on, on eight different levels. Mm -hmm. And to think that there's folks alone in high rises, maybe there with a friend or a family member looking out a window to still watch a parade, it makes them happy. And if you mm -hmm. can get four or five hours of happiness in somebody's life, it might be enough to get you through a very dark and troubling time. Mm -hmm. It's a diversion and it's yes. a pleasant one. Mm -hmm. There's nothing bad about that parade. No, I feel like the parade always is relevant. It always has organizations. You always see somebody that you know in it. Thank it's you. very much a community focus. I, I appreciate hearing that. And yes. you know what? All the guys uh, on the parade committee will appreciate hearing mm -hmm. that. 1985, we talked about the religious uh, component of the parade. Have you ever heard of Father Patrick Payton? Yes. Uh, the, the family that prays together stays together. Mm -hmm. He was big on the rosary. Well, uh, we the parade was held in honor of Father Patrick Payton that year. Um, 1987, we had the Budweiser horses, the Clydesdales. Oh, yeah. So yeah, which creates a separate problem because if you have horses, you have to have cleanup. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we'll keep it at that. Okay. Um, 1989, we had the parade mass. In 1991, we had uh, Balanah, their urban district, came over and spent some time with us. They had a, a delegation of a, of a few people. Uh, at that parade, mm -hmm. we had 70,000 people just watching the parade, 70,000 oh, wow. people lining the streets. Why do I tell you that? The population of Balanah is only 10,000. So you come all the way from Ireland, oh you gosh. see our parade, yeah. you've got 19,000 people, and you have 70,000 people watching you walking down a parade route. It had to be overwhelming. Yes. And at the same time, very cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, I, I go on and on with this stuff. Um, 1993, we had another blizzard. Uh, that was WYOU broadcasting the parade. 1998, we started our coordination of events with the Cultural Center, and that's when they opened up and the bagpipe contingents oh, yes. would go in. And I know you're close enough to hear them if you can't see them. Yes. And, and if you think about it, the Albright's ideally located because on your lunch you can run down the highway, mm -hmm. sneak in the back and go see everything going on there. But So there's, there's that connection. Um, 
2001, the Parade Association, we erected a memorial to Father Patrick Payton in the prayer garden at the mm-hmm. cathedral right next door. So again, it doesn't matter what religion you are. It's a fact that historically, I think we realize where we came from. Mm-hmm. And you know the old saying, you don't ever want to forget where you come from. You'll never know where you're going to. Yes. Everybody knows what happened in 2001, 911. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to forget it. I don't want to get emotional. But I can tell you this. The 2002 parade, which was our 42nd parade, we had the ceremony honoring Mm -hmm. the New York Fire Department, the members who died in the September 11, 2001 terrorism attack. Do you know we were the first parade members of the NYFD marched in? Really? We were. Yeah, absolutely. That was the first St. Because we were the first St. Patrick parade after the attack. Do you know who's going to be here this year with us? We always have New York City contingents. So we have police mm-hmm. and fire and sanitation. So that's never stopped. I don't know if you were at that parade or if you're old enough, and it's none of my business, mm-hmm. but I can tell you this because at that parade, mm-hmm. you know, people shed tears when they walk by. Yeah. And, and, there's, and you can find them you're archival. You mm-hmm. can pull it up here. But if you take a look at the photographs of that parade, when, when the NYFD, when the fire department members walk mm-hmm. through, you can see everybody pretty much, and you can almost see the silence in the photographs Mm -hmm. and the respect for them and that's the parade that's the parade Mm -hmm. you know the thing that people from New York City want to come here to be in Scranton with us to honor St. Patrick yeah it's pretty it's it's probably not to you but to a guy like me and and I hope to everybody hearing my voice we're bigger than Scranton aren't we yes we really are. Mm-hmm. It really shows the interconnectivity between the entire How about humanity? region. Yep, that How about too. Humanity? Yes. <laughs> That's the interconnectivity. Yeah. And that they want to be with us. So we've mm-hmm. done something right, and certainly not me, the people that came before me, the 1961 guys that went to Savannah, <laughs> and the 62 people that got together and pulled this thing off on a continuum. So, oh, and then you have to say this. <laughs> we had... Uh, Governor Ed Rendell here for the 2006 election. And we had Lynn Swan, who's in the NFL Hall of Fame. He, he was a receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you don't know who he is, or anybody who's listening to me doesn't know. But he's a Hall of Fame wide receiver for this. So we have a political connection to and I know everybody knows mm-hmm. this, because who else did we have? Hillary Clinton marched yes. in the parade, which then becomes a logistical situation. Why? Because you have to have Secret Service. Mm-hmm. We have to have protection. And uh, so the presidential campaign actually came to the parade. So um, I'm, I'm not going to get into politics because we all have different thoughts and beliefs, and mm-hmm. I respect that. But the simple fact of the matter is, so we even crossed that entire realm, if you think about it. So I, I think we get all strata, all mm-hmm. layers of society at this parade. Thank you again to Gary for agreeing to be interviewed for this podcast. I hope everyone learned so much about the St. Patrick's Parade, which I know I did. Be sure to keep an eye out for when part two comes out next week. In the meantime, if you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or anything at all, feel free to contact me at aloney at albright.org. That is A-L-O-N-E-Y at albright.org. Or feel free to call the library at 570-348-3000. Thank you.